This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the dude. Hey, this is Sarah Hester Ross, and you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Hey, bartender. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. I'm your bartender for the evening. I'm the dude, so that's what you call me. Or you can call me Anthony. It just all depends on how well you get to know me. I have got a great show for you guys this week. Uh, this uh, is amazing. Our, my guest for this show is Sarah Hester Ross, who is a dueling piano player at New York, New York Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Inside there, you will find a bar called Bar at Times Square. That's where she and her other musician friends uh, laugh, play, and everything. This girl is hilarious. She's a comedian. She's a musician. Uh, you're really going to love this podcast. I tried a little bit something different this time around. Uh, I actually had a interview where I could actually see the people, because uh, usually I do interviews just over the phone. But this time I decided to use Zoom just to try it out and uh, actually look at my guest and the sound quality wasn't where I wanted it, but I think everything came out pretty clear. So I hope you enjoy the show. But before we get to the big interview with Sarah Hester Ross, we got to do a drink special, of course. So thinking about this interview with Sarah Hester Ross, I decided I want to find a themed drink that, uh, you know, pretty much says what this woman is. And the closest I could get was from a website called All Roads Lead to the Kitchen. It's called The Funny Girl. And apparently whoever made uh, drew inspiration for this drink, I've never seen the movie, uh, but uh, she drew inspiration to make this drink uh, called The Funny Girl Cocktail. So what it is, you get yourself a tall glass, tall skinny glass or maybe like a champagne flute. You put a little bit of dry sherry at the bottom, and put a splash of rose water and top that off with pink champagne. Uh, it sounds r really interesting, uh, and champagne drinks are always really popular, mostly because people don't think about having it all the time. So go out there and try the Funny Girl cocktail, and you remember, let me know what you thought about it. Email me, dude, at heybartenderpodcast.com. So now that we got the introductions out of the way, let me plea, uh, it is my pleasure actually to introduce you to musician, comedian, all around great girl, Sarah Hester Ross. He 
shouts, take off your top, you're the piano, babe. Take off your shirt tonight. We don't give two shits what you're singing about, but your boobs would make us feel fine. That is a true story, my friend. A true story. (laughs) That's great. I love it. Uh, Billy Joel would be proud. Uh, I think so. I think so. <laughs> well, first of all, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, welcome. And, uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, um, for my listeners, I, uh, I ran across you on TikTok doing your comedy, playing your piano, and I was I just like, I got to get this girl on my show. So tell us about yourself. Uh, first of all, why don't you tell us where you started? Uh, where are you from? Uh, well, I'm... I'm originally from Florida. I lived in uh, central Florida, Orlando, for about seven years before I moved to Las Vegas. Um, and I did dueling pianos there um, at the Hell at the Moon on iDrive uh, there for about six months before I kind of got into like the road dueling pianos. Um, for those of you who don't know, dueling pianos has a just like comedy clubs, they, there's a traveler's uh, thing that players will go to and travel to different bars and play at. And so I started doing that after I moved here in, I think, 2015. How's, uh, how's the coronavirus epidemic going on out there? Is things starting to loosen up yet? Uh, very close. I'm not back to work, uh, which is really shitty, but um, the... <laughs> casinos are opening up. Um, we don't really know how to deal with the whole, my job is, uh, requests. So people hand me money, people hand me stuff. They're very close to us. They're gathered around us. Uh, the two pianos in the center of the bar and nine times out of 10, I've got someone hanging a drunk person hanging on top of me, you know, (laughs) nine times out of 10. And so we're, we're trying to figure out what, life our job looks like after the coronavirus debacle so i not sure when that's going to start up again but the casinos are opening up uh tomorrow i think yeah oh really um yeah i've been to crazy i've been to a hell at the moon out in north carolina and uh the musicians there were incredible i yeah I, i uh first before i get into the real question that i'm dying to ask uh when did you start playing piano Uh, Well, I was a vocal performance major in college, and uh, I had to take a secondary instrument. So piano was the logical choice because it it helps with understanding theory and and stuff like that. So I I did take piano as a child, but I didn't stick with it, mostly because my mom was teaching me and I didn't want to learn anything from my mother like a normal child normal child yeah. uh you know I was an asshole uh but uh, so when I got back to college I uh started taking piano lessons again ah and so, since I was 20 since you were 20 okay now um Billy Joel uh I I huge fan of his I follow everything I uh, I've listened Me to too. everything every interview he's ever done and he uh there, my father is an excellent piano player. I'm below mid range when it comes to playing piano. But, oh, very cool. Um, uh, but, uh, 
I it annoys my dad and I how uh, they he can sit there and say, uh, "What song do you want to play?" Okay, and then just he'll just play it out or uh, or play a song and then finish it and go and then scratch his head going, "Oh, I was in the wrong key," and uh, right. and that annoys the piss out of both of us uh, as uh, musicians. You know, just being able to swap keys right. and not even know it, <laughs> but. Um, uh, playing at Howl at the Moon, uh, I was admiring their uh, musicians because they played everything. Um, yeah. How do you do that? (laughs) I practice uh, years and years of practice. I've been doing dueling pianos right now for almost seven years. Uh, when I started at Howl at the Moon, like you said, they wanted their players to be able to not only play the piano, but, uh, play multiple instruments. So I actually was uh, trained in basic drums, basic bass. And so I have a little bit of that uh, knowledge, a part of it. Now with my job in Las Vegas, I don't really use that very often because we don't have full band like Howl at the Moon does. It's just two pianos. Um, But the idea of like picking up a song out of request Uh, that just comes with time and practice. And the more, the longer your list gets of songs that you know, and then if a song gets requested on the regular, you go home, you learn it, you come back and you play it. And uh, nine times out of 10, it will be the same 300 songs getting requested. Because that's just what people want to hear. And they like the top 40 stuff. Um, If we do get stumped, iPads are really like our saving grace. Look it up, Google the the words. Uh, if you know your basic theory, most pop songs of since in the last sixty to seventy years are a basic chord progression. So you could probably figure out pretty quickly. And between that, there's I'm usually playing with a partner, and so between me and my other partners, one of us is bound to know the song. And so, but yeah, that's actually one of my favorite things about dueling pianos is that people are like, how do you know all this music? And I was just like, I just do. I just do. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's practice, years Uh, of practice. Yeah. I would, uh, I admired, uh, that they were able to switch from pop to country to, uh, You know, well, you know, just all any genre. And uh, I thought uh, I was it's not often where I'm around musicians that are like that and where I'm I'm like, these guys are incredible because, you know, uh, how do you go from playing uh, Enter Sandman to a polka? I mean, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a special skill that uh, I, in my opinion, I don't think it plays out in any other like band per se uh dueling pianos is very special that way that mm. you know we we're our it's not about us it's not about us as the performers it's about the audience saying let's go in this direction and we do it because it's what they want so, so. tell me about your audience in the bar uh what do they like on most nights uh in las vegas it can be different every single night because it's so transient we get people from all over the world. Um, Canadians and Australians love dueling pianos. Mm-hmm. So they, <laughs> we get a lot of those guys and, uh, and they just love it. And um, 
at New York, New York, uh, the bar at Times Square, where I mostly work here in Las Vegas. I know the one. Uh, yeah. the, uh, uh, sorry? I know the one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you been before? Uh, I. Have, it's been a long time since I've, I've been to Vegas dozens of times, but it's been a long time since I've been at, uh, at that piano bar in New York, New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's been open for almost 22 years mm-hmm. and it's, it's kind of become a staple in Las Vegas. And, uh, some of the guys that I work with now have actually been working there for 22 years. And these are some amazing musicians, amazing entertainers that I am very honored and blessed to be working with. I am the only female in the room mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, it's kind of a sausage fest. Uh, <laughs> it's a bit of a boys club, but that gives me the opportunity to stand out a little bit. And in the bar, uh, I get to be on the girls' side, you know, and we do battles against guys and girls and stuff. And and it's just it's super fun. I, I love I love the I love the bar atmosphere. Um, people are just drinking, having a good time. And it's very free flowing. You know, there's no, there's no plan. There's no like uh, objective. Everyone's just having a good time with music. Well, that's the way it's it should awesome. be. Yeah. I agree completely. Yeah, uh, the time that I saw that piano bar in New York, New York, we, I, my family and I took a trip out there about 20 years ago. It was my first trip to Vegas and my dad, uh-huh. uh, my dad and I, you know, saw dueling pianos. And so we'll, oh, we got to go over there and see this. And yeah. I was thoroughly impressed because uh, usually I'm a naturalist when it comes to music. A guy was playing Purple Haze on the piano. And I thought, Purple, uh-huh. Purple Haze on a piano? What? I... But uh, but he was doing a good job. He did hit one sour note. And like I said, naturalist, little anal retentive. I heard that sour note and it made me squint, you know, squint a little bit. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, and, and it happens all the time. And that's another thing about it. Like thinking about, um, I at one night have been working for four and a half hours. And so it's not always going to sound good (laughs) and uh, it's going to be tired. And at the same time, we're drinking as well and partying (laughs) with you guys. And, you know, things get a little wishy-washy when, you know, you got a whiskey shot on your piano and you're like let's do uh let's do a rap song i'm like oh shoot i don't know the words mm. right now but, uh so yeah since you're the only female that works in there because uh the one in north carolina had uh i think it was half and half uh half women yeah. and half men and yeah Actually, all of the How the Moons require a female on stage mm-hmm. and ev- every night in every club. That's uh, a thing that they they pride themselves on, man. So you pretty much know what you, uh, what songs you're going to end up singing because you know all this, uh, uh, if somebody throws up, uh, I want to hear a song by Shakira, and you're like, okay, I guess I have to sing it, or do you uh, talk your partner into singing it? Well, sometimes it's actually pretty funny. The audience will give my male partner across from me a, a girl song because they want him to sing Taylor Swift. You know, <laughs> I mean, and that's that's part of the fun of it. It's sure. like you guys are in charge. We'll do whatever you want. Um, and rightfully so. Me, too, uh, that they'll want me to sing Marvin Gaye, you know, just because they're like, oh, let's have the girl 
sing about, you know, as low as she can, you know, it's, <laughs> it's all up in the air and it's fun. It's, yeah. it's fun to give ourselves some challenges as well. Cause the, the show is not just about music. It's heavily comedy and improv. Um, you know, we're trying to keep our audience on the toes and they're trying to do the same with us. So. So that being said, uh, when did you, is that how you started doing your comedy work? Yeah, pretty much. Actually, I, I was in musical theater before I started doing dueling pianos and I would always do a uh, comedic actor, like actresses that have had comedic roles. Um, but I really never considered myself a comedian until I got into the bar scene. And then, um, I started writing my own parodies. I started, uh, writing my own. Um, and in dueling pianos, we do these things called call downs, where if somebody's celebrating a birthday or an anniversary, we'll call them to the stage and we'll sing a song about them and we'll embarrass them a little, have a little fun. <laughs> and people, you know, want us to do that. And so there are a lot of these um, bits that people have written over the years that a lot of the duelers have used. And I kind of thought I didn't want to use other people's, so I started writing my own. And that's kind of how it came about. And then when I started writing more non-parody stuff that was actual comedy songs, that's when I started getting in the stand-up scene and going to open mics and doing stand-up uh, um, with comedy stuff. So, so it's kind of been a, uh, a road less taken, I yeah. guess. I mean, uh, I th I don't know if you read the email I sent you, but uh, when I uh, first started listening to some of your stuff, I would I my mind went immediately to Gilda Radner. Uh, yeah, she, she had oh, that. Yeah. She had that song. Let's talk dirty to the animals. And uh huh. Yeah. Oh, I love I love Gilda. <laughs> I, and honestly, it, I I love it. I, I, and there's not a lot of uh, comedy uh, music female com comedians. Right. Um, there are out there. I mean, if you go into the bars, if you go into the scene, uh, there are so many funny women, but like famous wise, there's not a lot. Um, not sure why, but you know, maybe me one day. Well, well yeah, you're going to bring it back. I mean, <laughs> yeah, bring it back. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's the only song that I can think of that Gilda Radner did. Uh, I, mm. I think maybe that, that Midler is also another really good example. I forgot uh, about her. Yeah. Bad as I am. And, she had so she's actually not super known for her comedy songs, but because, you know, when beneath my wings and all the all of her ballads got bigger hits and stuff like that. But if you were to go see her, she would always do her comedy stuff. And mm -hmm. she's brilliant. Uh, I think Sarah Silverman does some stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Other than she's fucking Matt Damon. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh no. Her, her musical stuff. She doesn't do a lot, but what she does is hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that you're a part of this, uh, very, uh, kind of, it's kind of a niche, isn't it? Uh, being a musical comedian. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Bo, Bo Burnham kind of made it a, a thing a bit bigger, um, off of Vine. Um, and so, you know, especially as a pianist, uh, I get, related to that a lot especially on tiktok because it's a younger crowd and they know about bo burnham so mm -hmm. um 
you know, it's, it's getting out there. It's getting in the mainstream. And the, the thing is, is that there are so many musical comedy writers, but they're not out in front. They write for other people. They write for SNL. They write for shows. They write for Big Mouth. They write um, songs for other entertainers. Mm -hmm. So it's not the thing that isn't out in front are the people writing for themselves as the entertainer, the comedian, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I only found out just... Uh, I mean, the show's been off the air for a couple of years, but I found out that any music other than the theme song and the Big Bang Theory was written by Garfunkel and Oates. And oh, yeah, really? Yeah, I had no idea. I, I was because I knew about them uh, previous to watching the Big Bang Theory, but there was a song that uh, uh, Howard sang to Bernadette, and uh, yeah, and oh, I know, yes, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And Garfunkel and Oates, I guess they wrote that. At least one of them did. And they are utterly brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I have all of their albums. Um, I've never gotten to see them live, uh, but I hope I will one day, but yeah, I love their stuff. They're, they're a prime example of, you know, um, it coming out more musical comedy mm -hmm. and they're brilliant. <laughs> I love their stuff. Oh yeah. So on a typical bar, uh, bar night, you, you go into your shift do you uh, uh, do you have any interaction with the bartenders or servers before you get started, or do you just walk to the piano? Oh, sure. No, um, we're especially at the bar at Times Square. It's a the show itself needs the servers and the bartenders. We actually do bits with them sometimes. Um, my partner Chris that I play with on Sundays, um, we have this bit during Piano Man that. Uh, Alex at the bar is a friend of ours and he gets us our drinks for free. And then we'll do this bit. We'll, we'll run over to the bar and he'll pour shots in our mouths and we'll come back and the crowd loves it. And get, getting the bar staff involved in our show is, is, has always been, I think, another unique style of dueling pianos. Um, you'll go to some clubs where their entire uh, serving staff will jump up on stage and do a dance in the middle of the show. And, um, they'll have their bars, bartender sing sometimes uh, big bang does that. How the moon, I think still does that a little bit. Mm. Um, our staff, d uh, has done that before there, the, when I'm not there, the, they, we have a, a singer behind the bar that she'll come out and do some stuff for them when they get like rock singer, chick stuff and uh, so yeah i i think that it's another one of the special things about dueling pianos is that we like to get our bar staff involved as much as possible because at the end of the day it's going to benefit them just as much as it benefits us absolutely because the audience is seeing them in another light other than just the server just the bartender they're entertainers they are they're part of the atmosphere just as much as we are so absolutely. I mean, um, unfortunately I, one of the things that drew me to go to the Howl at the moon is the live, the constant live music uh, instead of uh, mm -hmm. jukebox or uh, karaoke. Sure. But yeah. uh, I, in the bars that I used to work at, uh, we only had karaoke and uh, one night it was dead slow night. Uh, 
I was kind of challenged by our karaoke DJ to come up and sing because I'm kind of an introvert. And she was like, I bet he won't do it. And so she said, come up and sing. And uh, the first song I did was a Harry Connick Jr. song. And that floored her. But then on another slow night, I said, uh, do you have that new song by Santana called Smooth? And she's like, actually, yeah, we got it in today. And I said, I think I want to try that one out. And by the time I got, got up to the stage, more customers had come in. And then all of a sudden, that became my thing. Uh, we couldn't oh, go that's th- awesome. That my, we couldn't go through a karaoke night without me singing that one song. And yeah, oddly enough, I still like the song. But, uh, you know, because you do perform a song enough times, you get to hate it. But, um, but. Oh, it, yeah, definitely. You know, but my manager didn't like the idea. She was uh, like, what are you doing? And I said, the customers ask for it. And so with. And did and did you find that you got more tips after that? Like people would like uh, tip you more or be like, hey, that was awesome. Here's a bigger tip or whatever. I don't know if my tips really changed, but pe- customers started coming in basically to see me sing. Uh, That's uh, fantastic. And I'm I'm not saying I was great or anything, but they I think they just liked the change up or the fact that I jumped from sure. behind the bar to do something. And, yeah, definitely. And they asked my partner uh, if she was going to get up and sing. She goes, oh, hell no. <laughs> 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 but I think they did get her up to sing. I think she did Blaze of Glory one night, but I, that was a, like a one and one and done shot. <laughs> but that's yeah. that's great that you uh, – integrate your servers and bartenders to be part of your show. Um, is yeah. it, it, is it hard to do? Did, are they a little scared about doing it at first or are they usually? Well, again, it it's different for every bar. Um, and you know, the more you are at a bar in working in the atmosphere of live music, I, I have seen and I've heard that when a server goes up, their tips get bigger because their clientele sees them in a different light. And they're like, Oh my gosh, you're an entertainer. You're not just serving us. You're not just pouring us drinks. You're doing this and this and this, uh, realizing that the entirety of a live atmosphere bar is not just the live entertainment. It's the guys pouring the drinks. It's the a person bringing your drinks to you and keeping everybody happy and, and everything, you know, copacetic basically. So um, to answer your question, I feel like some, some of them might be a little hesitant, uh, but because it's uncomfortable because as a server, you're not being like, Oh yeah, I've got nothing to do right now. I'll just jump up and sing a song with you. It's not like I have six tables or anything, you know, so (laughs) being mindful of that, um, and them taking care of their, of their customers. But, uh, I, I think, I think it helps everybody at the end of the day, they want to make more money. They want to keep their customers happy. And I think it helps with that. Yeah, it's just developing a character, I guess, uh, is a good way to describe it. Because otherwise, yeah, you're, definitely. You're, otherwise, you're just a blank face that walks by uh, and sure. drops off a drink or two. And yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, uh, there are a lot of bartenders out there that will sing while they're behind the bar, or go up on stage and sing, or just the fact that they're funny, or know every fact about sports, music, movies, 
uh, and could, you know, could talk to you about anything. But when you find something uh, right. fun like that, that uh, and have uh, brilliant musicians like you uh, helping out, that's that's awesome. Right. <laughs> And like you said, people will come back for that vibe. They'll be like, oh, last time I was here, you guys got up on the piano and danced and and that server sang. And then that, you know, people will come back for that kind of mm-hmm. environment of like, who the hell knows what's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, it could be anything. So. Now, this is this is going to be a little uh, uh, a little tough to answer, but uh, the. When I was at the one in uh, Hell at the Moon in uh, North Carolina, they uh-huh. you know, these tickets were getting thrown up onto the bar from everybody, and the guy was uh, sitting at the piano, was picks one up, and he looks at it, and he goes, not again, throws it behind him. And uh, so I wandered over where the piece of paper landed. I was like, what did he not want to play? Oh, sweet Caroline. I don't blame him. I I talked to him uh, later that night, gave him compliments on uh, on his performance, and I said, uh, so what's the deal with Sweet Caroline? He goes, I've already played it like 15 times tonight. <laughs> Does that happen? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, Sweet Caroline, uh, Piano Man, Don't Stop Believing. Oh, God. These are the, <laughs> the big songs. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. We could play those up to four to five times in a night. And it is a tip-based uh, show. Mm-hmm. All request. So if somebody, especially in Vegas, if somebody hands me a hundred dollars for a sweet Caroline, I'm gonna play it whether I <laughs> whether I played it seven times or not. Yeah. Because that guy just gave me a hundred dollars and I'm gonna do whatever that guy wants me to do. That probably played so, a, that probably played a little bit to why the guy didn't want to play Sweet Caroline because nothing went in his tip jar. Oh, I'm time. sure. <laughs> Yeah, I probably came up with no money, and he's like, "Sorry, no, uh, I'm gonna, you know." But and 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 people who know about dueling pianos and have been around it, they know the game that it's a game uh, that the audience is competing to have their song played, and if they really want it, we'll do it. But you know, you gotta you gotta give us a little something in return. You know. What I'm saying? <laughs> So, some of some uh, of the songs gotta eat. some of the songs though it's like Billy Joel once said that if you play enough major sevens you can play something reminiscent of a song is that oh <laughs> oh totally oh yeah yeah a hundred percent but then you you know uh you, everyone knows about uh don't stop believing mm-hmm. and there's only one way to play it and if you don't play it that way people are pissed oh you yeah know? So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's about time for another song. Uh, okay. So if you'd please tell us what you're going to play. and um, Well, uh, if you do follow me on TikTok, this is probably one of my biggest successes on there. And it's uh, directed towards the, uh, the ladies. So hope you guys enjoy it. A kiss on the hand, maybe quite continental, but vibrators are a girl's best friend. A partner is great, but they won't always get you to that out-yeah place or help you find your own face. Love is great, but it's a fact. Sometimes they don't know where your G-spot is. It's true and sad. Whether big or black or small or fast, these cocks always will last. Vibrators are a girl. 
shall I continue to verse two, Anthony? Absolutely. There may come a time when your man's out of town. Vibrators are a girl's best friend. Oh, yeah, right there. There may come a time when he's had just a little bit too much to drink. Whiskey dick. It's a thing, and you are very horny. It's always hard. No BJ needed. Just one click, and you're ready to go. Let your friend make you up, then go cuddle with your chum. Vibrators are a girl's best friend. I don't mean dildos. Those are very different. One of them you got to put in the dishwasher to clean. The other you just plug into the wall and have a good time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm an artist. Everyone, I'm an artist. <laughs> yeah, That's that... actually one of the first parodies that I ever wrote for Dueling Pianos. Um, and it was a call down. So if somebody was celebrating the bachelorettes, that was a big one for bachelorettes. So we would get the bachelorette to sit on the piano and I would sing that song to her. And, you know, that, it's good. I, I'm glad that people like it so much. Oh, it's that my favorites. Yeah, uh, I love. I think it's hilarious. Because um, uh, I, you. I ran a, uh, I, while doing research on you, I uh, ran across all your TikTok videos, and uh, uh, I was I watched the second verse first, and I'm like, oh yeah, oh my god, there's a first verse. Where the hell is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the neat things about TikTok is that it's really snippets. I can't put on a lot of information in one video. I've got to split it up. And it's it's interesting to see how well uh, some songs do and some others don't because uh, the whole song is getting to the joke, you know? And mm. so I can't really do that on TikTok because I got to put the joke right in there or I won't have time to get to it. It's, it's interesting. And uh, for my listeners, I, I got to thank you for even doing the hand gestures and the faces and stuff like that while you're just, just for me. Oh, I, <laughs> I can't not do it. I can't. It's, it's part of the bit. I got to do it. <laughs> Cause um, uh, this is the first time uh, that I've ever done a video podcast or it, this isn't going to go to video, but uh, actually talk to the person face to face sort of. Right. And, uh, and you still put on the show for me. I, I really appreciate that. The show must go on, baby. <laughs> so when did all of a sudden this comedy bug start? Uh, did it just all of a sudden when you were playing at the piano bars or? Uh, yeah, kind of. Um, I was sitting across when I first got into dueling pianos, some of the most talented, creative uh, players that I've ever seen. And they were doing their own bits and they were so funny and so quick and the crowd work and their improv work were just super impressive. And so I started learning from them and I started not doing what they do, but like doing kind of what they do, but in my own way. And I just found that I had a natural knack for it. Mm -hmm. um, and so I 
that was actually, that is actually my best foot forward in dueling pianos is crowd work and comedy and timing and improv. And um, it's what I feel like I have to offer because as a pianist, I'm not a very good piano player. It's, um, I'm a vocalist first and then comedian and then piano player. It's all smoke and mirrors yeah, well, for me when it comes to piano. <laughs> well, you, you really hold your own on the piano. I'll, uh, I have to Thank you. compliment you on Thanks. that. Um, well, I, I've worked really hard, really hard <laughs> for it. So, but anyway. Yeah, uh, I uh, I started playing piano when I was a kid, and I never got any good at it. But uh, it, it's hard. Yeah, it's uh, hard. But it's also frustrating because songs that I well, since I don't play as often as I used to, or as often as you do right now, um, I, songs that I remember. Oh, I think I remember how to play that song. Then I hit one note, and then it's a train wreck, and then I get frustrated, walk away. <laughs> right. Yeah. And especially as a kid, that's that's how you're going to react yeah. to it. I mean, it's just like, oh, I can't, I don't sound amazing right this second, so fuck it. Yeah. You know? Even playing any other instrument that I uh, play, I I miss one note and it's train wreck. I either got to start over or just forget it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So in a typical uh, on a typical night, you're uh, you go in, you sit down at your p- uh, piano. What do you start? Uh, how do you start your show? Uh, we usually start it, uh, pretty like laid back. Um, I do, uh, I'll, you know, just getting to know each other and being, uh, Hey, I'm Sarah. This is my partner. We're taking requests. Let's start off with something simple. You try to make me go to rehab. I said, That's an Amy Winehouse song, and it's yeah. super laid back, and it's just like you know, getting everybody used to it. The we'll get to the party eventually, and it it is a uphill climb, you know, with alcohol and taking requests and getting to the rock and roll and just in your face party stuff. But it's nice at the beginning of the show because it's very talkative, and I'm talking to these people sitting down, and they're getting drinks, and I'm asking where they're from, and later on will use that, you know, if they're, you know, calling them uh, Britain all night, like, because I know they're from Britain. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, Britain, get your ass up here. Let's do Let's do a song and stuff like that. You know, so it's really very um, similar to crowd work in comedy. You get to know your crowd. You get to know where they're from, who they are. And then that's kind of how you base the rest of your show off. Um, work the room, sort of. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I uh, when I was a bartender, every once in a while we'd had live bands in, and I took it upon myself to uh, because I studied audio production before that, and uh, one of the important things for audio production was to be able to speak what is referred to as musicianese, and right. So when a live band would come in, I'd go over and talk to them, BS with them for a little bit, and we become easy friends because all you have to do is be, uh, for a uh, four-piece guitar rock band all you have to do is say hey nice guitar and then you're you got a friend right but, um, we're best friends i love you <laughs> but uh is that how you develop your uh develop your relationship with the bartenders and servers or is it just uh very mellow and relaxed um in vegas and especially at the bar at times square 
the bartenders and the servers are extremely busy, nonstop. It is, it's never easy for them, but they're, they're really great people. And, um, since I've been there for a while, I've gotten to know them and have relationships with them and, you know, know their families and what they're dealing with on a, on a day-to-day life. And, uh, they're just, you know, they're good people. And, uh, as far as like a, a traveling player, it was a little different. I couldn't get to know the bar staff as well because I was just there for a weekend or I was there once every two months. Um, I still tried. I still tried because I thought it was very important. Like I said earlier, is that I believe that in, in a, a live bar setting that the bar staff and the servers are as much as a part of the show as we are Mm. because they, it's integral, like them serving the customers and making sure that they have their drinks and that they're happy and that they're satisfied is makes our job easier because we're not dealing with disgruntled and, you know, people that they, they are part of the show. Mm-hmm. They, and whoever says they're not, I completely disagree. So, and you'll make them a part of the show if they refuse, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I will force you into it. <laughs> so, uh, give us a, a, an example of a, a great customer that showed up a good memory that you had. A good memory of a, of a customer. Or a night, let's say. Uh, I'm sure you have plenty of them and uh, plenty of great nights playing uh, playing in piano bar in Vegas. But do you have a night that sticks out in your memory? Uh, yeah, I have a night where um, I had a anniversary party, and it was in Vegas. And they were they actually got married in Vegas, and every year they come back on their honeymoon. Um, to Vegas and to the bar and things like that really stick out in my mind because it, it, it reminds me and I do, um, get a little docile in my job because I play the same songs every night and it gets, you know, old and it gets redundant. But then I remember that my job is to make memories for people. And so there was this couple and they came back and it was my first time meeting them and seeing them, but they knew my, my partners who had been there for years. And they were just this older couple who were just delightful people. And they were buying people drinks all night and they were very generous tippers and they, you know, loved everything about us. And, and then they would ask for their song to be played and, you know, they go out on the, and I'm, I'm talking about an older couple, like they, couldn't be uh, maybe 60, 61 years old. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, and it was just, it was just beautiful and, and I loved it and how happy they were and how this was their normal. This was what they did every year. Um, Obviously they didn't, the bar wasn't around when they got married, but that's what they decided to do for their anniversary and it it just it just reminded me of how important my job is mm. and it's not for me it's not for me as an entertainer to you know 
get famous or be known. It's to create an atmosphere for people to remember and, you know, to be happy. Because our our world is so full of crap. And yes. if, if what I can offer is, you know, four or five hours for them not to have to think about any of that shit, then that's what I'm doing. That's my job. Definitely. Uh, I admired that answer. Thank you very much for that. Um, now, uh, you've talked about that sometimes you get a rough customer or not a rough customer, but it may be annoying customer. Uh, they'll come up yeah. and sit at the piano with you. Tell us a little bit more about that. <laughs> Those t- people that want to be a part of the show aren't really super annoying because we use that. We use that for the crowd work. Everybody's thinking the same thing. This drunk guy is making an ass out of himself. We're not going to ignore that. We're going to talk about it and we're going to make everybody laugh and have a good time because of that. Really, the negative starts when people get angry at us because um, we're not playing their song fast enough or, and it, nine times out of 10, it is because they are drunk and they forget (laughs) that we've already explained what the game is and all they care about is their song. And um, so the party atmosphere is not, bad it's not too bad Mm. we want a party we don't want people to calm down Mm. we we're trying to encourage people to get out of their shells and be stupid and be dumb and have a good time and you know live life and sing along and dance and make a spectacle of themselves it's really when people get mad that it becomes a problem Mm. and you know we've we've got security that deals with stuff like that because on the other side we don't want to be the buzzkills we don't want to be like hey dude calm down because we've just been telling that dude for the past hour to drink and yell and have a good time you know (laughs) then they're like what the hell you just told me to be stupid i was like okay there's limits but um so to answer your question i i feel like there's a very fine line between the party and annoying customer because mm. we, we do try to encourage craziness. So. Sure. But, uh, uh, in your, the first song that you played for this show, piano, babe, uh, uh, it sounds like you had a pretty handsy customer one night or, um, uh, more than one yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it does happen, uh, where, um, and it, and it's not just men, women get drunk and, that's actually another verse in my song where, and it, in my parody of Piano piano Babe, uh, all those stories in there are completely true. Mm. I had a woman come up to me and she was absolutely drunk and she grabbed my face and kissed me right on the mouth and put her tongue in my mouth. <laughs> and I'm, okay. and I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> like, listen, Dudes can't do that. You can't do that. Nobody can do that. And, you know, so it happens a lot. People, Mm -hmm. you know, they just, their inhibitions are dropped and they think, oh, I'm hilarious. And I'm like, I'm still a person, (laughs) douchebag. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, bartenders and servers go through that same sort of thing every once in a while. I mean, oh, I know that they do. Uh, I know it. You know, but they get uh, somebody gets drunk, and all of a sudden they decide that uh, the bartender or server is the love of their life, and uh, or just somebody they need to jump on right at that particular moment. <laughs> right. So, uh, and luckily, luckily, we have microphones, so we can be like, you know we can start making fun of them and making them the bad person. You know, servers and bartenders don't have that luxury. Like, no. I do like that a part of my job that if someone comes at me and starts attacking me or, you know, wants to make the show, I have the microphone, dude. Uh, you, you don't, you're not in charge here. I am. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty, uh, it's a nice part of my job. So well, that's why you don't ever argue with a person with a microphone. <laughs> never never because you will not have the last word ever <laughs> promise <laughs> that's great so why don't you take a minute here tell us you know for my listeners where they can find you your social media uh like your uh hopefully you're getting back to work as soon as possible but oh. um why don't you take it uh take a couple minutes to tell my uh tell my listeners where to find you your website all that stuff Okay. Um, all of my social media and my website is my name, Sarah Hester Ross. And um, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. TikTok is actually where I'm putting up a lot of my newer stuff. Um, I don't just do comedy songs. That's actually one of my uh, out there and open stuff. I've got a live EP, a comedy EP on uh, iTunes and Spotify, but I also have um, what I call regular music. <laughs> I, for those who can't see me, I put that in air quotes, normal, regular music, <laughs> uh, just songs that I've written or covered. Um, and they're on Spotify and iTunes, iTunes under Sarah Hester Ross. So you can find me there. Um, I also like to take requests on TikTok. So if anybody on TikTok want to send me a request, I love doing that. And like you said, when I get back to work, um, I'm here in Las Vegas at the New York, New York hotel and casino in the bar in Times Square. So you can find me. And, uh, once I do get back to work, my schedule will be, will be up on my website, sarahesterross.com. Cool. So, uh, so next time in law, I'm on in Las Vegas and I happen to be walking by. If I hear you playing like, uh, evidence, evanescence, I can, I can jump up and sing backing vocals with you. <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> As long as you know who I am, at least. Otherwise, that'd be, just be creepy. But... Well, it happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so um, thank you so much for being on uh, Hey Bartender podcast. This was a huge treat uh, uh, because, you know, I've never had both somebody that worked in a bar and a musician at the same time because usually I, I talk to a bartender and have a musical act. I got two in one in this show. Thank you so much for that. Oh man, it was my pleasure. I love doing stuff like this. So, uh, why don't you, uh, if if you do me the honor, play us out with one of your songs? Sure. Um, uh, this is actually a new song that I'm working on. Um, it's called uh, "Life Goes On." If life gets you better make yourself a drink.
to get up. That song was called Life Goes On by Sarah Hester Ross. It is last call, people. Last call for alcohol. Get your drinks now or otherwise you're not going to get them until the next day. Unless you live in Las Vegas like Sarah does. And uh, then you can get drinks wherever you want. As long as there's a bartender nearby, you can still get a drink. So, but since we are at the end of the show, thank you so much, Sarah Hester Ross, for being on the show. Uh, It was a blast having you uh, do your comedy and play your play your music and hear some of your stories um if like she said if you're ever in the las vegas area go to new york new york casino go visit her at the bar at times square when she's doing her doing dueling piano bit it's totally worth it and well i'm a big fan of dueling pianos especially when they're done by uh brilliant musicians and you know have some, go out, have some fun. Like she said, Las Vegas is uh, reopening the casinos here pretty soon. Not so sure about the bars and restaurants just yet, but keep your ear down because let's face it, everybody out there, I think, needs a little bit of vacation and distraction. Uh, I'd also like to thank All Roads Lead to Dot Kitchen website for giving me, or, well, you didn't give it to me. I just stole it off your website, uh, letting me steal your recipe for the funny girl cocktail uh, to present to my uh, listeners remember listeners if you have any drinks that you would like to share with me if you have any stories that you want to share email me dude at heybartenderpodcast.com i'd love to read it on the air or if, even if you want to be on the air and talk I, i'm all for that too um Remember to visit our Facebook page, Hey Bartender Podcast. Remember to visit the Instagram page, Hey Bartender Podcast. If you want to check out a little bit more about Hey Bartender Podcast, get on the website, www.heybartenderpodcast.com. I post the latest episodes on there. There's links to older episodes. We got some Hey Bartender Podcast merchandise. Uh, Slowly building, but some cool stuff is going to come out of it, I swear. Remember to share, like, and subscribe to this podcast. I really could use your help with getting some star ratings. Get onto iTunes and give me a star rating, whether it's one through five. Leave a comment. Uh, I don't care. I'd just love to see your feedback. 
But until the next time, everybody, uh, I appreciate you all for listening. And first and foremost, I want you all to be safe out there. And remember, Hey Bartender Podcast wishes you lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here.